0: Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're members of the Virginia Audio Collective and the Family Podcast Network. We're also on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM. 92.7 92.7 FM, 820 AM, and 107.7 FM across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 PM on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to PCFpodcast at VHH.com. Again, that's Podcast at VHH.com. And today, we're excited to be joined by Dr. Gonzalo Behrman, a physician, clinical leader, professor, one-time collegiate athlete musician. He's a true renaissance man. His day job is as the chair of the Division of Infectious Diseases at VCU Health. He joins us to discuss his work as an infectious disease expert on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic and so much more. And with that, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Behrman.
1: Greetings. Thank you so much. Far too kind and generous of the introduction.
0: Well, it's our pleasure to have you today, and we want to thank you for being with us. As I mentioned in the intro, you have really such a fascinating life story. There are many things we could discuss. If we can start by chatting about your published writing, I think that'd be a good entry point. To a clinical audience, you are editor-in-chief of the Antimicrobial Stewardship and Healthcare Epidemiology Society Journal and founder of an online literary magazine oriented around medicine. For lay people, not in the practice of regularly reading scientific journals, you're also a frequent contributor to mainstream newspapers. For instance, in your most recent Richmond Times-Dispatch guest column, you shared your insights about what we've learned from two years of the COVID pandemic. So if you would take us through your observations on that subject, Dr. Behrman, what have we learned and how might it help us for the next widespread infectious disease outbreak?
1: Well, I think the first message is really more of a a reminder that plagues and pandemic and infectious diseases have been with us since time immemorial and, and epidemics and pandemics seem to recur every 100, 200 years. So that's a potent reminder. And to add to that, really the only infectious diseases that's been eradicated to date is smallpox. So contagion will continue. That's really the first lesson. The second is that with novel pathogens, really our our knowledge of these pathogens is evolving and our response is evolving accordingly. So let's talk about COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, which causes COVID-19. One of the first things is that You know, we struggle with diagnosis, but we got better diagnostics and we learned more about treatment than we learned about vaccines, and that's had a massive impact. We've also had a better understanding of the importance of face masks and social distancing on mitigating some of the transmission risk, particularly early on in the pandemic, and that's really important. I think that was much more valuable at the earlier stages. And then last but not least, it's really, really important for us to, even in cases or in times of emergencies and crises really to count on as the highest quality evidence and highest quality science possible to make the informed policy decisions that are required. You know, with that in mind, as public health professionals, we've learned and honed the skills that we need to communicate what we know, what we don't know, what the assumptions are for the, really the policies or the things that we're advocating, and being very clear that as the situations change, as the data and science evolves, our recommendations may change also. So it's been a steep learning curve.
0: Well, that's really fascinating, and I appreciate you sharing that perspective. As you point out, you know we've had these kinds of widespread outbreaks or pandemics, you know, every century or so. I was recently reading an article in Kaiser Health News the other day that was making the point that we're really just scratching the surface of the clinical developments and advancements in other areas of medicine that may result as a byproduct of this pandemic response. So there's more to look forward to there. Staying on the subject of the pandemic for a moment longer, as someone whose work is focused on infectious diseases, what do you see as the near? term outlook for this pandemic, considering a few things. On the one hand, we're at a phase where restrictions are being lifted, use reference, masking, and social distancing. Hospitalizations Mm -hmm. and cases are significantly down, and most people, at least in industrialized nations, who want to be vaccinated are. At the same time, we've gone through five surges, the most recent being Omicron earlier this year, where hospitalizations spiked here in Virginia to record levels, and a new Omicron mm-hmm. subvariant of interest BA two is being monitored mm-hmm. as, as it spreads in some areas of Europe. So, big picture, what's your outlook on the current state of affairs?
1: I'm still positive on the current state of affairs, and there will be new variants, such as the Omicron variant BA two, which is playing out in Europe and parts of Asia, which will likely come to the United States over the course of the next month or so, which would be consistent with prior trends. However, with increasing levels of immunity and that immunity is derived either from vaccines or natural infection or both. This should be less severe and we should do better. In addition, we have widespread at-will testing. People can get tested even at home so they know that they're infected, they can isolate. With that, and this is really the next big step I hope, is the arrival of potent antiviral medications such as Molnupiravir or Paxlovid which is supposed to be available this summer hopefully to scale. Uh, That will allow for not only diagnosis but early treatment, and as we know, the trials or the clinical trials of that drug show that it's highly effective, like 90% effective in keeping people out of the hospital, and that's really important. So I'm optimistic. My hope, my expectation is that COVID-19 will not fade away, but it will kind of fade to endemic or from pandemic to endemic, and that'll be something that we will be able to live with like we do with many other viral pathogens such as influenza, parainfluenza, RSV. You get the point.
0: Absolutely. and I think we all share in that hope. Mm-hmm. Outside of a busy sure. clinical career, you're the drummer in a rock band named the Bagabond Dandies that features other physician rockers. So I have two questions for you. One, mm-hmm. what's the significance of the origin of the band name, which is always a, a fascinating story? And tell me how the group came together and how often you jam or do shows.
1: Yeah, so I, mean, I wish we had an amazing story for the name of the band. Quite frankly, the band comes from a name of a Hugo Boss t-shirt that I somehow acquired in my travels in Europe. It just had an interesting image with a bowler hat. It said Vagabond Dandy, and I thought that would be a cool band name. And then when I did some web-based research, I realized no one had claimed that as a band name. that wasn't copyrighted, so we did so. In terms of how we came together, I mean, I think a lot of it comes from our love of music, of course, but also our pented up frustrations of not being able to do many things during the pandemic, and we were in our kind of physician bubble and got ourselves together and we able to jam in a rather large rehearsal space at that time so we were pretty well socially distanced and uh, we were able to put together some cool cover songs and fortunately that translated into a relatively uh, somewhat steady cover band gigs or bar brewery gigs around the city of richmond in the area you know we were rehearsing once a week and probably performing once or twice a month preferably outside
0: well listen, for people interested in the stylings of vagabond dandies, you can find them online at you guessed it, VagabondDandies.com. Again, that's VagabondDandies.com. I say don't you know? You say you don't know. I say, take me out. I say- Dr. Behrman, in our brief time together, we've just scratched the surface of the person you are. So let me ask you this. I've shared sort of a high-level rundown of some of your personal and professional accomplishments, but What would you like people to know about you that perhaps I haven't asked about?
1: Well, that's a tough question. You know, professionally, I I like to give the impression that I'm really doing the things that I love to do and I'm passionate about my work. Uh, I've told people this over and over. For me, I think I have the best job in the world in which I get to focus on providing direct patient care to patients, which is something that really drove me to become a doctor but on top of that i get to explore really get into things such as research and the academics which is another component of the university which is very important to share the experiences the research the things we've learned either positive or negatively we've learned with others by way of the medical research and i also i guess hope people will see that i'm not too one-dimensional i'm not just a doctor i have my personal life i have time with my band i have time with my family with my wife etc etc And, of course, spend some time still on the soccer field every now and then.
0: Very good. Well, we appreciate you sharing that. And you mentioned as we were prepping for this podcast in the intro before we started recording that you actually saw patients this weekend. Uh, It was your scheduled shift to see patients. When you're engaging with patients, what kind of treatment are you providing them?
1: The cases that I'm seeing are essentially general infectious diseases cases in the hospital, but sometimes cross-coverage for things such as transplant infectious disease. Uh, We do see COVID cases, although much of our treatment is is protocolized, but we're essentially dealing with general infectious disease, which includes community-acquired infections, healthcare-associated infections, some travel infections, of course HIV-related infections and complications, COVID-19 infections, and then infections or complications secondary to transplants, whether that's bone marrow transplants or solid organ transplants. The most important thing, though, is that when you're seeing the patients, and I discuss this with the fellows, is that we always be present for that patient at that time. That there be nothing more important at that time. That we not be distracted by the many other things that we want to do or think we should be doing that could compete with that.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that. You've been very generous with your time, and I could keep asking you questions all day like one that I often inquire of, of other busy working adults, which is how do you make time to keep everything in balance and everything scheduled? But I do want to respect your time and your schedule. And so with sure. that, we're going to bring ourselves to the penultimate portion of the podcast, which is we ask our guests two personal questions about themselves to give our listeners a bit of a sense of who they are beyond the work that they do. We used to have two standard questions, but what we've done recently to switch things up is we have created a list of 10 mystery questions, which includes two of the previous standard questions, and we give our guests the opportunity to pick from that list. So if you would give me two numbers between one and 10, and I will ask you the corresponding personal questions. Uh, Let's do two and nine. Okay, two and nine. Two is, and this is actually one of the questions that was always part of the standard format until we changed it up. Okay. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself company? We will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that, what are your three entertainment Uh survival kit picks?
1: I guess the first, if I was stranded on, a, on an island, it would be Robinson Crusoe, Daniel the, the Poe. Okay. That keep me motivated to move along. That was the first. The second was the album? Yes, sir. Well, I think the album that I would choose is actually John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. It's an amazing jazz album, and I'm not even a jazz musician, but I think the music is so exquisite and so uplifting and so introspective, I think I would need that to press on.
0: And the third question was. It's a movie. A movie.
1: All right, this is going to sound really silly, but I think I would need some element of humor to keep myself kind of lighthearted. I think I would choose the movie. This is Spinal Tap. <laughs> Most blokes, are going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where mm. can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra.
0: Push over the cliff. You know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11.
1: Not a very intellectual movie, but certainly a funny one.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And listen, I think we can all agree that Coltrane is a master. And then you also selected question nine. And question nine is, if you were miraculously granted one wish, what would you wish for?
1: Now, that's a really tough question. I guess I would wish that myself and others, at least the people I know around us, would be able to change our perceptions that we don't see so many things as a burden or stressful and that we see them just as the part of daily existence. I think with that, we'll be able to feel more comfortable in our own skin and just be less stressed about things that are largely inconsequential
0: that really is well said. And and something I think so many of us, myself included, could uh, adopt as a philosophy in Mm -hmm. everyday life. Well, listen, I don't want to take any more of your time. And so I do appreciate you being with us. And with that, that's going to bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are available. And we want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Gonzalo Behrman, for joining us today. So thank you, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure.